brute force. If it doesn't work, you're just not using enough. You're listening to Software Radio, special operations military news, and straight talk with the guys in the community. Hey everybody, today I have a special guest for us, uh, Todd Robinson. Todd is a producer, writer, and film director, and he's going to be talking about his latest movie, The Last Full Measure, which is essentially about a Medal of Honor awardee from Vietnam, Air Force Pararescue. Amazing story. Todd and I have known each other for a long time, actually. We first met through aviation. Him and I are both pilots, so we fly with a group of military guys. They get together kind of one twice a year, and it's kind of like a, a military fight club with airplanes. So it's a pretty cool stuff. Todd is an amazing guy. In fact, before I met him, one of my favorite movies, White Squall with Jeff Bridges, I found out later was actually written and directed by Todd as well. Uh, that that movie I found super fascinating. Uh, if you haven't watched it, I, I suggested it. It's an older one, but I found it very interesting because you know, I, I grew up on a sailboat. You know, had a similar experience with the family uh, on a big storm off the coast of Oregon as we were sailing down from from Canada. We had to literally like shut down and and heave to with a sea anchor for uh, I think it was two or three days. But that movie White Squall is incredible. Uh, Todd's a good friend of mine. Todd also teaches at USC, teaches film. Uh, just an all around great guy. Him and I actually partnered with Mark Harmon of NCIS on a book to TV series project. So we'll get into all that soon, and uh, hope you guys will dig it. Todd's a great guy, and here we go. All right, hey everybody, I got uh, my good friend Todd Robinson on the phone. Uh, I gave gave a quick intro, but uh, Todd, tell us about the movie. Well, uh, the movie is called The Last Full Measure, as you know, and it, it will open on October 25th of this year in about 1,500 uh, theaters across the country. And it has an amazing cast and um, has pretty much everything a movie a movie should have. It has action, a lot of drama, a lot of emotion, and some just terrific performances. And, of course, it's rooted in a true story that is one of the great untold stories to come out of the Vietnam War. So it's been a passion of mine for a long, long time to get it to the screen. And we're finally there. Yeah, one of the things... I'm excited about is I just don't think the Air Force special ops community has has gotten you know enough props like you know the the AVSOC guys are, are pretty incredible whether it's the combat controllers or the, or the pararescue guys so it's just nice to see that portion of the story I feel like the Green Berets and the the Navy SEALs everybody kind of knows knows about that these days but you know the Air Force especially on the rescue side is, are kind of un, unsung heroes. Yeah, I think if you ask any of the other people you just mentioned, anybody in JSOC, any of them, they'll, they all sure know who the, the pararescue, pararescue community is because they rely upon them heavily 
Obviously, uh, PJs are often embedded on the various complex teams for various missions. And part of the reason that they're not that well known is I, I think at any given time, there are only around 800 active PJs in the entire military. So there are not a lot of people to make noise. So again, we're, we're pleased that uh, this film is, is bringing a lot of focus and attention onto these people because anytime you hear about a bad scrape, overseas there's usually a pj in the middle of it yeah yeah their credo is these things we do that others may live and they truly live by that and uh whether you're a pilot or a guy a soldier on the ground you know that if you get into trouble if somebody in your on your team gets hurt these guys are common like i say they just salt all the great combat stories with their valor and their heroism so Two of my favorite actors, Samuel L. Jackson and Ed Harris, are, are both in the movie. What was it like working with, with those two? And I, I think you've worked with Ed Harris before, if I remember. I have, yeah. Ed and I are actually pretty good personal friends. I don't say that lightly in Hollywood, but we've spent a lot of time together. Our kids grew up together. Um, we play tennis together quite a bit. But Ed is uh, one, of the, one of our great American institutions. And at this moment in time, you know, he's coming out in the new Top Gun movie, and he's already a meme. <laughs> we <laughs> talked about great that. For, great for me, you know. <laughs> but no, Ed is a, he's just an amazing actor. He's a very shy guy. You'd sort of be surprised because he has this intensity, but he's a very private person. Uh, he He's a, very much a family man, and uh, I just love Ed. And Sam, you know, what can you say about Samuel L. Jackson? He's... He, he's credited with being in the most profitable movies of all times. If, if you add up the box office from movies that Samuel L. Jackson has been in, nobody else comes close. And when you, when you think of his performances over the years, they're truly iconic. And he, again, was like, he's another intense man, but he takes his work very seriously. He's always there. He never goes to his trailer. You know, he was always present on set ready to go for me. And uh, it was a, just a privilege to work with him. That's awesome. But the movie is full of crazy, great talent. It stars Sebastian Stan. William Hurt is in it. Christopher Plummer is in it. Peter Fonda is in it. Linus Roach is in it. It just goes on and on. It's just um, a, an amazing cast of, of people. And to just give your your listeners uh, a, a little insight into what the movie is about, in 1966, April 12th, Charlie Company of the 1st Infantry Division, part of the Big Red One, were sent into a triple canopy jungle as sort of the tip of the spear on a, um, a search and destroy mission. They were going to sort of root out a, a battalion-sized force of, of real combat-trained uh, North Vietnamese soldiers called D-800. They went in in three columns. Charlie Company was in the middle, and Alpha and Bravo flanked them. And the idea was to go in and make contact, and then Alpha and Bravo were going to kind of swing around, and they were going to surround them and destroy them. And what actually happened was Charlie Company made contact, and what no one knew except the North Vietnamese was that embedded in this triple canopy jungle were forests of bamboo. And there were, and I'm talking about the big stuff that's like eight inches around. So. Charlie Company went in. They were trapped. It turned out that there were, it was about 134 Americans up against 700 Vietnamese Viet Cong uh, in spider holes on the ground, bunkers, and in the trees. 
and it was pretty much a bloodbath. Charlie Company took about 85% casualties, 35 KIAs, something like that. And uh, it was it was just a really tough day. In the end, they brought artillery, uh, 105 howitzer rounds right on top of their position. And slowly after about 18 hours of fighting, ended up decimating D-800 and D-800 never came back as a, a useful fighting unit. But in the middle of all this carnage, there was no way to get the American soldiers out because at that time, the, the army didn't have winches on the helicopters. And it being a, a triple canopy jungle, the, the tallest trees were over 100 feet tall. And so the Air Force guys, including the PJs, pararescue unit out of Benoit, uh, heard this come over, you know, flash traffic over the over the radio, and they volunteered to go. And they flew these funky little birds called uh, H-33 Cayman Huskies, very small helicopters, crew of four, uh, and they could accommodate two litters. I don't know how they're so small. And so what they found kind of a hole, and Charlie Company had made a perimeter, and at the center of that perimeter, they assembled their wounded, but they were, as the PJs came in and were dropping litters in, the guys on the ground didn't know how to load them. And so they were stuffing whole jungle litters in them and they couldn't get them in the helicopters. And it was a mess. Jesus. And Pittsenbarger volunteered to go down, Bill Pittsenbarger, uh, call sign Pitts. And he was only 21 years old. He was a veteran of over 300 rescue missions at that point. And so he went down on a jungle penetrator and got on the ground and saw what was going on. And uh, he, he triaged many, many people, got many of them up into the helicopters. So they had two rotating in and out. One of them eventually was shot down. Eventually, he had the opportunity. Well, he had multiple opportunities to leave. But there came a point where the fire became so intense that his CO ordered him back up. And he waved them off and refused to go back up and stayed on the ground, collected ammunition, uh, water, anything that could be useful tried to help the guys, their perimeter kept collapsing and fought alongside these men that he didn't even know. And they were sort of flabbergasted by this. They, they looked up and saw this guy coming down in, in a, uh, uh, an Air Force uniform yeah. you know, with blouse boots and the whole thing. And <laughs> That's crazy. They just couldn't believe it. Yeah. And they're like, who is this knucklehead? You know. So anyway, in the end, he was fatally killed. And what the movie is really about is that 32 years after his death, the army guys, they called themselves mud soldiers, realized with the advent of the internet that they had put him up for the Medal of Honor in 66, but he had never gotten the medal. It went all the way up to the White House. It went up as a Medal of Honor and was kicked back down as an Air Force Cross. So what the movie is about are these veterans 30 some odd years later coming together and enlisting the help of a young Washington bureaucrat who wants nothing to do with this to petition Congress to look at the, the this whole thing to see if it's worthy of, uh, of consideration. And so that's really what the story is about, but we go back and forth. So Sebastian Stan plays this young bureaucrat, and he's interviewing these dogs of war like Sam, Bill, and Ed Harris. So that's sort of the structure of the film. Oh, what an amazing story. I mean, it's I just think about how many of these types of stories have, have still yet to be told. I mean, even back to 
you know, since men were fighting wars, I've opportunity to meet a guy named John Fitch, who was a P-51 ace, one of the only, I think one of two to shoot down a German jet in World War II. He said he was basically the jet was coming into land <laughs> with no fuel, so he shot him right, like on the right. glide. But I mean, this guy ended up getting shot down, gunning down a Nazi train, spent time in a prisoner camp, escaped, went back into service, stole planes from Germany, crash landed them and, you know, across enemy lines, then went on to become a Mercedes racing legend, like the first American on on Team Mercedes. Like just, there's so many of these stories out there, so I'm, I'm just glad the last full measure is getting, and Pitts is, is getting getting their due. It, it was a tough road to hoe for me. I, I learned about this story working on another project related to the Air Force in 1999 when this was going through Congress. And it took me 20 years to get it made. So, you know, I, I would get it set up, it would fall apart. I'd get it set up, it would fall apart. But it, war movies are difficult. You know, especially like a, you know, you think now Vietnam, you know, ended almost 50 years ago. Yeah. And you, you can't, I mean, there aren't even very many Hueys left, you know, let alone uh, the vehicles and the wardrobe and the weapons and all those things. It, it's difficult to pull them together. And in our case, I really wanted to be in a pilot like you. I, yeah. I really wanted the flying to be real. And they were trying to talk me into doing CG helicopters. And I just thought, you know, if an audience, especially a military audience, even sniffs that that's not real, um, <laughs> yeah. they're they're gonna it's gonna take them out of the movie. Yeah. You know, yeah. So we were in Thailand. You know, it was a mini version of Apocalypse Now, where we were dealing with uh, the the Thai Air Force, and those guys don't want to fly if it's raining. They don't want to fly if it's dark. They don't want to fly if it's cold. If it's hot. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I had to do all the all the flying sequences in two days. Yeah. And it, it had originally been planned for like ten. So um, how'd anyway, you, how'd you get the helicopters? Like, were they are they still flying Hueys? And in that specific helicopter that that you mentioned, the Air Force guys were in. Well, the, yeah, the the Husky. Unfortunately, there's there's one museum quality variant of it up in the Pacific Northwest, and logging companies still use them. It's a twin rotor, no tail rotor with really tremendous lifting power uh, because they used to lift big tanks of foam to drop them on burning airplanes. Yeah, There was just no way I could get those birds over to Thailand. So Thai Air Force is now going to Blackhawks and Tavehawks. Yeah. But they still had a couple of Heelys left. Nice. And so just as a funny aside, the, the, the movie company's insurance company said that we had to go find the most experienced pilots for those Hueys. <laughs> well, those guys were all colonels and stuff who hadn't flown. They had the time, but they hadn't flown these birds in, you know, 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they were all sort of terrified to fly them, you know? So anyway, it was, it was a little bit of a circus. <laughs> <laughs> the last thing I'll, I'll ask you, and then and I'm going to let you go. And I know you want to talk about the, the charity charity as well. So we'll, we'll get into that, but sure. last thing movie related, what was one of your most memorable experiences making the movie? Well, you know, there are many, many, but the reason that I'm really in the movie business is, is because I love to explore text through acting. And when you get a chance to work, for me, this was, a, you know, just a bucket list of actors to work with. They're all my heroes. I think we have, I don't know, four or five Academy Awards represented, numerous Golden Globes. I mean, it's just a, a total platinum cast. 
But there's a scene uh, in front of the Vietnam War Memorial in particular where William Hurt sort of has a, a catharsis with, um, with uh, Sebastian Stan. And it, it is, acting gets no better than this. And it's, uh, it's just gut-wrenching to watch and yet uh, moving and powerful. And to watch Bill do that, we actually had some veterans on set who we had to check those guys because they became so personally wrapped up in what William was doing. We had to make sure that we weren't triggering them, yeah. you know. So, so that was a, a a pretty amazing day of work. Well, I'm just glad there are still filmmakers like yourself that that uh, take the the technical stuff seriously. Because it, you know, with my background, and I, I was actually a search and rescue swimmer before I was a seal. So, I mean, I I've been lowered down in a forest penetrator. So I get it, but it, it it's tough for me to watch many movies because, especially in that kind of action genre, because there's just no attention to detail. So I know um, guys like myself and others who who appreciate the attention to detail will appreciate that and and the movie for sure. We did make some mistakes. See if your listeners can find the shot where there's a guy with stripes on his arms and epaulets on his uh, <laughs> epaulets on his shoulders. That was a good one. They screwed up a folded flag, which really made me crazy. Yeah, but, I mean, that um, stuff, you know, happens. It happens, right? But uh, but no, I, you know, I always feel that, for me, this movie is really a love letter to all veterans and their families, but in particular, um, to the, the guys that this was really about, many of whom are still alive, and I just, they're my first primary audience, and I want to make sure that they don't walk away going, well, that guy was a you know, a knucklehead. Yeah. Um, I wanted, I, I care about what they care about. So those details were important to me. That's good. And first person to correctly email us in at radio at softrip.com. I'll, I'll give you a free crate if you get the, the timestamp first for, uh, for the uniform mismatch. Right, yeah, give them a timestamp. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm a huge yeah. Game of Thrones fan and, and I know I didn't even catch that i guess there was a starbucks coffee cup in one of the last last episodes <laughs> uh, oh yeah yeah so that stuff happens starbucks has been around a long time yeah all i can really? think of was like man i'm into that show but who is that into it to kind of like watch with that level of detail it's pretty crazy they should charge starbucks yeah for, yeah. For that product <laughs> yeah yeah they got some good good press probably some of the only yeah. only good press they've gotten recently so tell us about the 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 nonprofit. So I sit on the board of a of a nonprofit called Save a Warrior. For any of your listeners out there, um, this is a war detox group. We put together essentially a five and a half day retreat. It's veteran led, and we put about twelve guys through it at a time. We all also do women's cohorts, but this is all to deal with suicidal ideation, and uh, it's extremely effective. It's non traditional. I've been through it myself. I'm I'm not a veteran. I'm not a military person, but as a witness, I went through it yeah. and it really changed my life. And by the end of the year, we'll have put close to a thousand guys through it and we've only lost three. That's amazing. And so when you look at, at 21 a day or 22 a day that we're losing, we're doing very, very well. So if anybody out there, if you know somebody uh, who's in trouble or needs a little guidance, um, this is a great group. There's nothing woo-woo or, you know, spooky about it. It's just getting into the hard work, you know, taking that, that war story and telling it one last time because it, it doesn't really serve us anymore. 
Yeah. And um, if, if you'd like to to get involved with it or, or just take a look at the webpage, it's sablewarrior.org. There's video on it and so forth. And uh, and veterans pay nothing for this. It's 100% paid for. If you want to come, we get you there. And it's five and a half days and uh, it'll change your life. That's great. Thank you for letting me pitch that a little bit. And and it's oddly, Brandon, it's, it's linked to the movie because the veterans in the movie are all dealing with this ideation, with, yeah. with the guilt and the shame and all I mean, these issues that come with it's having tough. been a warrior, you know? I mean, it's tough, man. I mean, I'm in a pretty good spot now, but recently I just had an interaction with the VA and and imagine like there, I go in to redo my, my disability classification and they just, they don't even reach out to ask me like what, day and time works for a medical appointment. They schedule me four appointments. And this is, I'm on the third iteration of this. They just schedule it whenever they want for this time. And if you miss, they just deny your deny your application. And it's just crazy. Like I had four appointments scheduled in one day. One of them clear across the town, you know, out east of JFK. <laughs> one in Brooklyn. I mean, it's just, it's maddening. And I mean, I can deal with it. But I just, all I can think about when that kind of thing happens with the VA and, and they're just like, they think like people don't have a life. Like I don't have a, a job Monday through Friday. And all I can think about is the guys that are really, the men and women who really need help and are suffering are just put into that meat grinder yeah. VA bureau, bureaucratic system. And they're just, you know, it's the, unfortunately the VA, there's a ton of great people at the VA problem is they're just they're in this bureaucratic environment that just does not do much good for the for the really needful people and, and so i'm just grateful that there's yeah. you know people like you out there who are helping nonprofits. and i mean it's the one great thing about america is we we can kind of just get it done ourselves sometimes um so i so i appreciate that thank you uh, the va is uh i think it's, i think the budget's it's trillion dollars it's an aircraft carrier you know, trying to turn around in a bathtub. Yeah. And they just, it's just very difficult to be, to work small when you're so big. And I, you know, we're touring this movie all over the country, the military bases everywhere. That's why I'm here in Columbus today. We're, we're actually, I'm, I'm screening it tonight for Saber Warrior and we're having an alumni weekend, but I'm going to military bases all over the country. And I hear the, the frustration about, the VA over and over and over again. And it's not only by the veterans themselves, it's about the, from their wives and their kids who also have to rely on the VA. So, you know, we're pulling for the VA, but in the meantime, we're trying to create interventions of our own that are more direct, immediate. So yeah, if, if there's anybody out there, savewarrior.org and uh, we will take good care of you. That's great. And we'll put the link both to the movie trailer and saveawarrior.org in the show notes. So, If anybody wants to find out more about the movie, because our all of our uh, websites and everything aren't quite built yet, you can go to The Last Full Measure Roadshow on Facebook. You can go to Todd Robinson at Instagram, or you can also go to my webpage, which is toddrobinsonfilm.com. Until everything's really up and running, you can get the latest information there. Awesome. Yeah, we'll we'll make sure we post all that in the show notes and, and we'll put it on our on our social pages as well. All right, brother. Fly safe. I'm sorry I won't see you at, at Bones Fest this year, but I will be there in the spring. 
and I'm sad I'm going to miss miss uh, you and the guys. But uh, and safe safe flight back, and look forward to seeing the movie on the 25th of October. And we'll be be sure to uh, blast it out all over our sites. Fantastic! Thank you, my friend. I appreciate it. All right, Todd. Have a good one, brother. Take care, man. Bye. See ya. All right, so. Yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed that. Todd's a great guy. Uh, his call sign's actually Sandy. Uh, sometimes, one of these days, I'll tell you guys that story. That's SaveAWarrior.org. What a what a great thing. Um, you know, if I was president for a day, I probably would scrap the VA ninety nine percent. I'd just make it process claims and, and award like benefits, but ninety nine percent of that place should just get scrapped and put into uh, you know private healthcare. The the vets should just go into the private healthcare system. But that's a that's a conversation for another day. The one thing I wanted to cover real quick before we sign off, um, look, you know, last last show was short. Um, kind of let you guys know about the Jack's departure. Uh, a lot of you guys have, have written in either to the the show email or hit me up on on my social pages. You know, just kind of talking about Jack, and you know, I, I know he's posted uh, a few posts to his personal social, and not necessarily the most positive stuff, which is unfortunate. You know, Jack, Jack's an amazing writer. You know, I'd like to think, you know, we've done, done right by Jack over the years. You know, I, I remember, you know, him and I first started writing for softrep.com back in the day. You know, when he graduated Columbia, we were able to, to kind of give him a, a job that was a, a work-from-home job where he was making just under 100000 a year on his own schedule, kind of doing his own thing. And it's just unfortunate, you know, he's closing what was an open door always. I would have always welcomed him back. It's unfortunate when guys do that and they they kind of shut the door. And, and I think really, you know, I've always tried to, to be a pretty positive person and I just take, you know, exercise the, the golden rule and always take the high road. I just think that's the best thing to do. You know, I think you can really judge a person on, on how they behave in, in both the good times and the bad. So, you know, I, those of you that kind of wrote in wondering what's going on, I mean, that, that's, that's all I really got to say about that. And, and I do wish Jack uh, the best. And uh, it's just unfortunate. Like I said, we, we had a, a couple good years uh, together, supported his book. We actually, the company bought copies of his book to put in uh, the crate club as well. So just in addition to all the ad advertising support, it's just unfortunate, but it is what it is. Wish Jack the best. And, you know, as we can say is uh, the guys and I at the site will continue to push on. We got some great writers on all the different websites. And then, like I said, last show, we're, we're in the process of kind of consolidating all of our content into one super site. Um, and I do have to give uh, Nick Kaufman credit. He brought this up in January. He's like, why don't we just bring it all under one house? And it just kind of took a, t took a while for me to wrap my head around it. And, and then eventually, after a few meetings, we just decided this was the best best thing for the for the company is just to bring it all under one site so we'll we'll uh, share that with you guys when we get it finished uh, we look we think we'll be done with the build out by end of september early october like i said i think the features some of the the old things that we used to have back in the day for those of you guys who remember the, the kind of soft rep mafia and stuff like that i think you guys will be really surprised and and happy with with some of the changes we're about to make and i appreciate all the support so again you can follow me on instagram where i'm most active just at brandon t webb you can write in softrep radio at softrep.com and happy to answer any questions over dm at my instagram 
or through the email. I'm headed on a family vacation for a couple weeks and we'll probably, I may do the show remote, but uh, probably Nick and the guys are going to be subbing in uh, for uh, most of uh, August. So, uh, but I'll be back. I look forward to more great episodes of Software Up Radio. So thanks for the support and we'll uh, see you guys soon out here. You've been listening to Software Up Radio. New episodes up every Wednesday and Friday. Follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Soft Rep Radio.